Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of Christ. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to the Presence Podcast. I am glad you are with me wherever you are, whenever you are, listening as I once again share how I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open and experienced the presence of Christ. It's been a while, I know, since I recorded this podcast. Hopefully you have been finding in this same feed the Christ Through the Elements podcasts, and I hope you have been listening to those and enjoying those as I try something a little bit different, um, something a little more academic perhaps, uh, a little more theological, and um, hopefully also maybe in different ways, a little more creative even than this uh, daily, or in this case, um, every uh, few days or every few weeks. I know it's been a while since I've recorded this, but uh, I still do want to be do this type of podcast because, as I said in the last episode, episode number 80, when I ceased doing this for a while, went on the hiatus, um, I really did feel something was missing. And what was missing was the intentionality of going through my day seeking to be aware of when and how and where I felt the presence of Christ. And um, I think having this way of reflecting and sharing and getting feedback um, will help my spirituality, will help my faith, especially during this time of year when um, things are a little slower, things are a little bit different in my life. So I'm glad to be back recording this, and I hope you are glad to be listening, and here we go. So this summer is very different than the last few summers that I've had. I'm a teacher, and if you listened to this podcast last summer, you will recall that I was very actively and quite intensely involved in a summer gym, summer physical education program that my school puts on. And I was one of the leaders of this, and it was pretty engaging for my month of June. Well, this year, which ended my seventh year of teaching at the school where I teach, the administration decided to not have this summer phys ed program, to take a break, take a year off, come back in the next summer and kind of reimagine it, recreate it, do things maybe a little bit differently. Now, I'll be honest with you, it was mixed feelings that they weren't going to be doing this. Negative in the sense that I enjoyed this project. I enjoyed the leadership and the planning and the engagement. Also disappointment and quite frankly, some concern because it was a pretty good revenue source for the summer. Yeah, it was engaging and exhausting and really pretty consuming, but I was able to make in pretty much three weeks what I would struggle to make additionally over the course of the summer doing some other type of work. I got to say, though, uh, now that June is over and I did not have that commitment, again, I did this same commitment each one of the previous uh, years that I taught at this school. It was a relief 
gotta be honest with you, I didn't really miss it that much. And financially, things are gonna be a little bit trickier and a little bit more difficult. Summer's not over yet, though, so there is some time. But I do have to say that I was relieved that um, my June wasn't consumed with this particular uh, project. Next year, though, we'll see. We'll see how things are. So what I've been doing is I have been working some, well, temp jobs. One is with a temp agency that is a locally owned and operated. They focus almost exclusively on servers, um, staffing events, banquets, and other types of events. And um, I worked with them a number of years ago. But, and I only worked one gig with them, and that was yesterday, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a moment. But um, it um, seems to have some potential for the summer. I'm working another gig with them on Wednesday, and um, I know that it is um, good work and interesting work, and honestly, work I kind of enjoy. I think there's something about food service that um, is very rewarding really for me so the other thing that i've done started to do is um, work with a food delivery service within the so-called gig economy now i'm not going to name which particular service it is it's not one of the car related service so it's not uber eats but it is a growing and recognizable company and I've only done it for two days and have made less than $100 doing it. So it hasn't been a lot, but I am going to do it again, probably tomorrow and certainly later this week. And it's been interesting because this job, this delivery service, as well as the um, temp agency job, which, as I mentioned, I had my first gig, which was yesterday. Pretty interesting. It was a bridal shower at a cafe they had an upstairs private room only 20 people and it wasn't tremendously um, difficult uh, the person I was working for was a, a good supervisor and she was helpful and knowledgeable and um, it was a good a good gig so this was putting me in the role of being a server and also doing the delivery is being a servant right Somebody hits the app and you get, I get pinged and I go and pick up the food and then deliver it. I am being a servant. What was interesting yesterday was I was being a servant, being a server actually, in the morning or actually the early afternoon with this bridal shower. And then literally right after that, I took my daughter to a dance banquet at a local hotel, um, a fairly nice hotel. This is a nicer of the, the brands of hotels. And we were served at our tables. And it wasn't heavy-duty serving in the sense that, you know, we had a waiter or a waitress. It was a buffet line. But there were people that cleared our plates and there were people that got us drinks as we needed them and, and so forth. But I was really struck yesterday within just the course of a few hours going from being a servant to being served. And it was different. 
And honestly, I have to say it was unique in the sense that many of the people who I was serving at the bridal shower, as well as many of the other parents at the dance banquet who were being served, probably didn't do both. Meaning that most of the people who were at either of the events being served probably aren't also servants themselves. And also, I would say that for the most part, people who are servants through the delivery service or through even the temp agency aren't frequently at banquets that they themselves are being served. And I'm struck by a line that Jesus says in the Gospels. He says about himself, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve others. And he certainly illustrates this very powerfully, and I I think probably shockingly, at the Last Supper when he, in John's Gospel only, the three other Gospels do not even mention this, but in John's Gospel, at the very beginning of the meal, actually before the meal starts, Jesus takes off his outer garment, it says, kneels down and begins to wash the feet of the apostles, his friends who were there at the dinner with him. And Peter was scandalized and Jesus says, no, you have to receive this. You have to be served. And I, Jesus, have to be the servant because I am giving you a model. I am showing you something that you also are to do. And again, I was thinking this as I looked at the people who I was serving. And again, these were probably upper middle class privileged folks. And as well as many of the other parents who were at this dance banquet, some of these parents put quite a bit of money into funding their child's or children, in some cases, dance lessons and so forth. Again, realizing that these people were used to being served. They probably took it for granted, maybe, that they would receive service and in their life, maybe weren't of service that often. Now, of course, I'm stereotyping and I'm making generalizations and so forth. All right. So I do accept that. That being said, though, I experience God's presence in both ways, in being of service, in helping these women enjoy a leisurely and pleasant and comfortable bridal shower celebration of family and friends and love and marriage, etc. And I saw that and I do see that as a form of vocation because we are called to offer hospitality to others. We are called to serve others. And anytime we extend hospitality and or serve others, we are being in God's presence. And most significantly, we are bringing God's presence to others. But I'll be honest, I did appreciate being served later on in the afternoon, being able to sit and not have to hustle and clear tables and scrape leftover food into the garbage can. I was happy and grateful that someone else was doing that for me. 
So I think that there are times when it is okay, like Peter did at the Last Supper, to receive service. As long as we are grateful for that, we recognize that someone else is in the role and the presence of God bringing to us care and compassion and welcome. Because it needs to go both ways, right? In order to offer welcome, there has to be the one who is there to welcome. In order to be of service, there has to be one who is being served. So both are necessary. And I was grateful yesterday, and I experienced God's presence in both being a servant and being served. So when in your life recently have you been served? When in your life recently have you been of service? And what is the experience like for each of those? How is it different? How is it similar? Compare and contrast, as the teacher in me would like to say. And most significantly, how did you experience God's presence in either or both of those actions? Serving and receiving or being served. As always, thank you so much for listening. Blessings and peace.